Before we dive into this episode, I do want to share that this podcast, the Literacy Dive Podcast, will be taking a break. There are 138 other episodes that you can learn and grow and get inspired from. So I would encourage you to browse through the episodes, especially the ones that you might have missed. Make sure that you're following this podcast so that you're alerted for its return. I will still be active on social media, so you can always follow along at The Literacy Dive on Instagram and TikTok. Okay, so today's episode is going to dive into general thoughts to keep in mind when thinking about and reflecting on your literacy blocks and how you have been teaching reading and writing in your classroom how you're allowing those two subjects to come to life in your classroom. Maybe there is one thing that you're going to hear today that'll pique your curiosity and you will be willing to make it your goal to try. If you are ready to dive in to just some best practices, some thoughts and ideas surrounding reading and writing in upper elementary, I will meet you inside. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. I will let you know now that this episode is going to be pretty conversational, me just sharing thoughts and experiences with you. No true flow, but it will be on topic, and I'm going to do my best to transition well into each key point, so just follow along with me. If you are new here, welcome to the Literacy Dive podcast. I'm so thrilled that you're here, and Like I said in the intro, there are so many episodes, solo episodes, and guest episodes that are already recorded for you, ready for you to listen to. So if you have not listened to those episodes, I encourage you to go back and give them a listen. Now, there are many ways to support upper elementary students when it comes to reading and writing. And I just want to kind of go through a few ideas and I want you to think about and reflect on. Is this a practice that you're doing or is this something that you might be able to try? Now, all of the things that I mentioned, you may not be able to implement and that is okay, but there might be something that I mentioned that you can implement and that is what we want to get to today. So the first thing is going to be pretty general. You might've heard this before, but providing opportunities for students to read for pleasure. When you allow students to read for pleasure, it's one of the best ways that you can improve their comprehension, their vocabulary, because they're not being forced into a certain text that you are providing for them. And whenever students are able to read for pleasure, they're going to want to explore deeper. They might want to read a variety of genres, including fiction or poetry, nonfiction. And so something that you could do to implement for this reading for pleasure is dear time. Now, I had that before as a student, and I've done this before as a teacher, but it's D-E-A-R time. Drop everything and read. I love implementing that into the classroom, and I do it very, very spontaneously. There have been years where I have had it in the morning or I've had it at the very end of the day, 
And so students knew that that time was coming and they got really excited about it. But then I started just doing it random times through the day and students really loved it because it was so spontaneous. So all that looks like is whatever you're doing, whether it's math, writing, reading, you know, whatever subjects, social studies, science, in the middle of the lesson or once you get to like a stopping point, you'll just call out dear. And they know that at that point in time, they drop everything and read. So they drop their pencils, they put down their papers, and they can get a book and just read for enjoyment. I usually give them about five to seven minutes. And this is also really great just to provide that mental break because students are learning so much in the classroom. So it's also great just to kind of let them like regroup and calm down, but they're in the middle of a book. So that is something that you might want to try. And that's going to be awesome, too, because if you provide a box of books or a shelf of books, you can make sure that you're including poetry and biographies and different forms of genres that are going to be written in different ways. And so with this, you also want to help your students develop a writing routine as well. Now, with this, you want to encourage students to write every day, even if it's just for a few minutes. It does not have to be a big, long essay every time your students pick up their pencil and get a piece of paper. But having little moments of writing time is going to help to improve your students' writing skills overall, and it's going to develop a love of writing because they're not forced into doing 45 minutes of straight writing every single day for that fun type of writing time. Now, with that, I like to do D-E-A-W. Now, it does not really sound out to a word like dear, but that is drop everything and write. And this just means setting aside time for students to, to write daily, and they can write whatever they want. And this can be structured or this can be spontaneous. But whatever this is, You have to know that these practices, even though they're just a few minutes, are going to compound and compact, and it's going to enhance your students' abilities. Because if you take three to five minutes and you multiply that by the school days that you have, that is a lot of hours of practice and exposure that your students are getting in bite-sized chunks. So I love implementing DEAR and D-E-A-W, drop everything and read, drop everything and write. Now, you also want to talk to your students about what they're reading, about what they're writing. You can ask them questions about the plot, about the characters, about the setting, about the theme of the books that they're reading. This is going to help them to think more deeply about that text and not just surface level because they're reading the words, and it's going to develop their critical thinking skills. So you prompting them and having them actually have to think and apply those skills with their book is going to help strengthen them as a reader. And you do the same thing for writing. Many of your students have a story and they want to share it, but it is pretty intimidating and tough and rough to get the whole story out on paper in written form. So having your students talk about it, whether it's with you or whether it's with another classmate, like turn and talk or anything like that, it's going to help them to talk through that story, develop their flow, and it's going to help them to put those events on paper. You can also give them graphic organizers to help them organize those thoughts, but the whole key point here is that you want to engage your students in talking about what they're reading and talking about what they're writing before, during, and even after 
they are doing the reading or writing. You also want to provide students with opportunities to write for different purposes and read for different purposes. So the theme here is that reading and writing are so interconnected. What you do for one, you can easily do for the other, and it's going to help your students double because they work together beautifully. So your students can write for a variety of purposes. They can write to inform, they can write to persuade, they can write to entertain someone, to express themselves. And you want to encourage them to experiment with these different types of writing and to find the type of writing that they enjoy the most. But in order for them to understand and to know what are my options of what types of writings I love most, they have to be able to get that exposure and that's where reading comes in. So make sure that you are having a variety of text and a variety of different authors that write in certain ways to show your students and to model what that writing can look like. And then once they've had exposure, they can definitely find what they enjoy most. And that might be what they choose to write about whenever you do drop everything and write. But you can incorporate that same idea of writing to different genres in your small groups for reading. Find the time to embed those quick opportunities, and you do not have to implement writing about reading every single day, but you definitely should think about, is there one or two times during the week, or can I do it every third time that I meet with this group, we're going to do a written response about the reading. And this is going to be a way that you can definitely monitor comprehension, but also get them to write, and it's not going to be a very long response at all. I am briefly interrupting this episode to paint a picture for you. Imagine this, your students engaged, focused, smiling, laughing, eager to share, not even looking at the clock, and all of this because they are truly enjoying the craft of writing. This is a result when you begin disguising writing in a way where students have maximum buy-in, but don't even realize they're actually doing it. These daily writing disguise routines can be done in just 10 minutes or less each day and will increase stamina, build confidence, provide opportunities for writing skill practice, and will leave your students craving more. So who's ready to eliminate the moans, those groans, and maybe even tears? If that's you, go ahead and head to theliteracydive.com slash disguise to learn more about these daily writing disguise collections. The next thing that I want to kind of go into, because let's say that you are implementing all of these different things that I'm sharing so far. Well, you want to make sure that you're giving feedback to your students. Feedback is going to help your students to improve their writing and to improve their reading. If you hear them reading a certain way, provide them specific constructive feedback so that they can be able to understand and know what their goal will be to work toward. The same thing for writing. You have to be so specific, so constructive, and so timely when you are thinking about giving feedback. Because how often is it that you've written a paper? and you've turned it into your professor, and then six weeks later, you get the grade, and you're allowed to fix something, and you're just not even thinking about that topic anymore. So you want to make sure that your feedback is timely, and you can just focus on one skill because we know that we're not going to rip apart a student's paper, and they cannot think about taking all of those skills and trying to make it a goal, but you need to be able to figure out a system for giving feedback. 
You also want to encourage collaboration because that's another way that feedback can happen. If you are kind of stressed about yourself having to give feedback to everybody, students are perfect to give feedback to each other. So you can just put them in groups, you can have them read or write, and let each other give the feedback based on what they hear. That collaboration is also just important for, you know, different projects that they might be doing, writing projects, research projects, and this can just help them to learn from each other and to improve their writing skills and their reading skills overall. I mentioned earlier about just providing a variety of, let's say, text, especially if you want to ask your students, well, what type of text, what type of genre do you like the most? And they have to understand and know and get exposed to the different types so that they can actually accurately choose. So with this one, you want to provide a variety of writing and reading tools and resources as well. So aside from the text, you also want to think about, is there an opportunity to allow your students to use computers to type? Is there an opportunity for you to put their writing on a flash drive and go print it somewhere so that they can get their written form in print? Is there a way that you can bring in other writing materials that are just going to make writing more enjoyable for students? What I'm getting at here is that we can go far beyond teaching reading and writing in traditional ways. So I want you to think about the non-traditional ways, like using those computers, using, you know, printing materials, using different types of, you know, writing materials. But also with those computers, they're not just good for typing, but they're also good for reading text and reading books. And some books and some articles have captions. And when students can see the captions and hear the text at the same time, they now can see how that language is written to match the tone of what that author is saying based on what they are hearing. So there is a lot of benefits to just bringing in other types of ways that your students can be able to get access to reading and explore with writing. And I want you to think about how can you make that happen in a non-traditional way? And I guarantee you it's going to enhance the lives of a lot of your students. When all of this is said and done, You have to provide students with opportunities to share, especially sharing their writing when it comes to having to speak to an audience and share that with others. This is going to help your students to build confidence in their writing skills, to receive that feedback from peers if they're sharing it, and feedback from you if they're sharing it. They can share writing or reading responses or thoughts of what was read as well. So it's not just in the writing block, you could also do this in the reading block, but it's so important for you to have your students speak and read what they've written. A lot of the time, if your students are reluctant to write, if they start knowing that they're going to get an opportunity to share, I don't know very many students who, once they're comfortable in the classroom, don't want to share. I've just had kids that always want to share. And so you have to have something written if you want to share. So if they know that the process is going to be that they can share information, then they're probably going to produce the reading responses, the writing responses that you need. You also can think about celebrating student successes. It's important to celebrate because they are working so, so hard. 
And even if they don't fix everything, the goal of what they were trying to work on should be celebrated. This is going to ultimately help them stay motivated and continue to improve their writing and reading skills. And the ways that I've done it for writing is I've had publishing parties where once we get done with the genre, we kind of make it a big deal. I print their writing or I photocopy it and we make it like a book. We put it on our desks. I might have some juice boxes and, you know, some graham crackers or some type of snack. And a lot of the time my students would get dressed up because it's like a party. So we definitely like to do that. But other things I love doing is being able to shout out students. So if you have a student who's working so hard or who finally mastered a skill, I like to stop in the middle of like the reading or writing block and say, friends, I apologize for interrupting your reading or your writing, but I have to share what so-and-so just did. And that is going to make your student beam. And it's going to make the other students want to work hard because they want a shout out too. So you can just kind of think about incorporating different ways to celebrate successes. It does not always have to involve money. It does not always have to involve a big party. It could simply be shout outs and allowing students to share the chair, share their writing, and then letting kids or yourself give them some positive feedback. You also just want to be patient and supportive. It takes time for students to develop their reading and their writing skills. It just does. Being a really strong reader or writer is not something that just comes naturally. So we have to make sure that we are exercising patience and that we are providing them with enough opportunities to be able to learn and grow. But you want to just be supportive, whatever that looks like. I have found that support could even be by way of what you're giving them. If you know that your students are having a hard time with writing a paragraph, is there a paragraph frame that you can give them to where they can write down the sentence starter, they will fill in the blanks with their own thoughts and ideas, but at the very end, they now have a paragraph. Is there a sentence stem or starter that you could give that's connected to a certain reading skill? That way, if your students are wanting to reflect or wanting to respond, they're responding accurately using the grade level text and the vocabulary. So think about ways that you can just provide support and understand that just like when you get support, once you have that skill mastered, you don't need that support anymore and they will naturally wean themselves off of it. But I just want you to think about being patient, being supportive, and what that could look like. It can look a variety of ways, but just know that that's going to help and assist your students. I hope you can think about some of what I've shared and just really kind of reflect on your practice and see is there something that you can embed or include to make that experience even greater for your students. And if so, I would love to know what it is. So just send me a DM. Let me know what it is you're going to work on so that I can be able to celebrate and support you as well. Ultimately, as we're wrapping up, I just want to remind you that, you know, students have a voice. Students want to be heard. And so anytime you can involve your students in decision making, asking them what they're interested in, asking them what should we do for this, it's going to give them the buy-in that they need. So find those opportunities where you can be able to engage your students in making the decisions and ultimately being able to learn through that decision that they've made. 
I am so excited for you to be able to just continue your learning, continue your growing, and think about how you can just make reading and writing enjoyable, fun, achievable, and being able to allow students to experience success. I am rooting for you. I'm always here to support you. So know that if you have questions or if you just want to run an idea by me, I love talking with teachers. So do not hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram or by email and let's really talk about what it is that you're working towards so that you can experience that success as well. Again, there are 138 previous episodes to this one that I would love for you to just go back in time and take a walk down memory lane and just see what is out there for you. Each of the episodes have titles that are very clear and concise. There's also show notes on my website if you need a summary before you decide to invest the 12 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes into that episode. So definitely make sure that you're reading the show notes, getting a good idea of the key points, the summaries, and then play that episode. Thank you so much for always tuning in, listening, and for mostly supporting me and this podcast. I cannot wait to join you again soon. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.